Big news, folks! It's a new step for the Full English Breakfast. I'm excited. We've done some prize drawings before for people who've donated to the show, who support the show. But now we're going to try something new. You know how a raffle works, right? Yeah, of course. So here's how it goes: for every one dollar or currency equivalent thereof you donate at the feb.com via PayPal or credit card, you get one raffle point. So what you're trying to say, McCall, if I've got this right, is that we're going to give everybody who donates one dollar on PayPal through the website, we're going to give them one ticket. So the more dollars you dedicate, support the show, the more tickets you'll get. And the greater the chance you will have of winning that prize. Exactly, and to reward people who have already donated to the show in the past, if you've donated to the show and never won a prize, you're automatically entered into the raffle. Oh wow! With one point for each dollar contributed. So what can you win? We've got two big prizes to start with. We have a postcard from the Kramnik versus Aronian match in Zurich last April, signed by both players. That's a big one. But the grand prize is from the Dortmund Super Tournament. We have an official program signed by all players in this year's event. So go to www.thefeb.com, leave us a donation using the PayPal donate button, and we'll award the prizes on the next two shows and add some more. Oh wow! Pounds, euros. Rubles, whatever you got, we'll take. Well,、it. we won't take rupees unless they're in the millions. But everything else is all right. <laughs> but yeah, please support us, guys. It's really important. <laughs> It's all a bit serious, isn't it? There's some serious, serious birds there. I mean, what do you want me to say? This is Alexander Grishu, and you are listening to the Full English Breakfast with Lawrence Tren and Stephen Gordon. This is episode number twenty-five of the Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson here in person with Lawrence Trent at the Strand Palace Hotel.、It、sounds fancier than it is, that's for sure. And on the phone from Manchester, Grandmaster Stephen Gordon. How's it going, guys? I've missed you both. By the way, we're in my hotel room, and it is a little bit sketchy because Lawrence is actually sitting on my bed with his shirt unbuttoned. What a treat you're getting there, Macaulay. You know, we're all close now. I don't want to give my wife a heart attack. That's、right? made me even more jealous. This is quarter of a century, right? Episode number twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, we're a quarter of a century in, guys. So you know, I thought normally I would just go for the top button undone, but I've gone for the second one as well. Oh, stop it, mate! I know. Stop it now. That's too much for me. Okay, let's just get straight into the chess. All right. Well, we're focusing on the Olympiad this show. Better late than never. But、uh, we do have the inside track, which was that Grandmaster Stephen Gordon was present for the entire two weeks in Istanbul, coaching the English women's team. Isn't that right? Yeah, it was an experience. My first time at an Olympiad. I would have loved to have been playing, but quite randomly ended up captaining the women's team after getting in contact with the、uh, with the English organisers. So it was an honour to be over there and helping helping our country do what they do. So go on in, Stephen, because. Before we actually get into the results, 
Uh, tell us a bit about the tournament. How was the uh, conditions in general? This could be our pub talk, except we're, we've both been sitting here drinking English breakfast tea. Well, yeah, also, it's our tea talk. Our tea talk. Afternoon tea talk. Also fitting, though, the English oh, breakfast. Oh, it's, it's fitting that I've got a brew here, too. Oh, Everyone's on tea. It's perfect. Well, I mean, I haven't obviously got a basis of comparison because it was my first one, but I thought that the venue and the whole, the main hotel, it was really good. Obviously, not all federations were treated to the to the main Wow Hotel. And we should just clarify: the hotel actually was called Wow. The Wow Hotel. <laughs> not not that it was just impressive or something. I was really excited when I got there. Oh wow! One of the negative things was when you pull up at the hotel, you have this Wow sign. Someone needs to tell these people they've got to change the sign because it's like the Wow's gone a bit floppy. You know, it's been there since the eighties or something. If they change that sign up, that that is going to increase business, you know. But it was a really nice place. The food was great. Got bored with the juice on the table. You know, they could have done better than this orange and lime juice that we had. These are small complaints, though. Everything else, really fantastic. I think the Turkish Federation did pretty well from from my perspective um, with with the whole organisation of the thing. You know, there was a worry from a few of us in the England team that... uh, after, you know, having a few handbags with one or two out of the Turkish Federation, that we might end up in some hostel on the uh, outskirts of the city, but they left us in the main hotel, and then, yeah, it was uh, it was really good conditions, I thought. So, what was the highlight of the tournament? Just the tournament in general, what impressed you, or what was the, the biggest moment for you? There are memories that are going to stick with me. I was getting a chance to wander around the playing hall, you know, during the rounds, and I can I could wander over to the men's and women's top boards. It's fantastic seeing seeing these top guys playing. I mean, uh, you know, one one or two moments that that I remember are, are games of, you know, right right at the top. So we had I think we had Russia Ukraine one round. In some ways, it's quite um, an upsetting memory because. Ivanchuk, after his game with Kramnik, looked so down in the dumps, just like inconsolable after a game of chess. He sat in his seat for around 10 minutes after the game, just shaking his head, like looking to the sky, like, why has this happened to him? The game was a draw. I mean, it's it's basically the, the amount of pressure you put on yourself when you're, uh, when you're playing for your country like that. Ukraine lost that match. He lost to the Russians two and a half, one and a half, and Ivanchuk had some chances. There's some videos on YouTube. I checked it out actually the other day just to see what his reaction was like. And there's there's a lovely little back and forth between him and Kramnik after the game where they they do this line, and Ivanchuk has some beautiful idea in mind, plays the move, and like Kramnik sits back in like amazement to this move that he plays. But then I think they both came to realise that actually what Ivanchuk had seen didn't quite work. The idea was pretty beautiful in itself. But then Kramnik goes and Ivanchuk is just he's just sat there on his own, um, you know, going through it in his head. It must be the worst feeling when you feel as though you could have done it for your country and you didn't quite get there. And you start thinking in strange ways. I mean, I bet everyone in Ukraine is... So pleased and proud of that Ivanchuk's representing them and how well he's doing, but he's probably sat there thinking I've let everyone down when, you know, it's the the case is completely the opposite of that. So that was a moment for me. I mean, it came it became so clear to me that 
you know the the results of these things i mean the it's it's so finely balanced and the result of a match can turn on just like one little episode in the game you know there are a lot of two two draws going on you know and people have to step up and there's such a competitive atmosphere going on and i don't know you can just feel the tension there and uh, yeah it's just awesome Well, let's just bring our listeners up to speed on the results, the final results. Russia, of course, known for having missed out on chances to win the Olympiad in the last several attempts, despite being the rating favorites, in some cases heavy rating favorites. And Armenia, again, coming back to win. They won in Dresden and then were very close again last year, but uh, but lost to Ukraine. Last time around in Khantimansysk, that is. Armenia, Russia, Ukraine, obviously you're always expecting them to be around the top, and it's sort of a question <coughs> of, uh, yeah, which one uh, wins a couple of the key games, a couple of the key matchups. But uh, in this case, it was really quite a nail-biter because you had a bunch of teams that were in the running in the final rounds. So we had from first to fifth, Armenia, Russia, Ukraine, China, and the U.S., and uh, Armenia and Russia, in fact, even on the same score, having to go down to the tiebreaks. One question that uh, came up a lot was a lot of people didn't understand the tiebreak system, and so that you wouldn't even know who was going to win even in the last round. Did you get the sense of people uh, confused about the tiebreak system? You know, yeah. Um, I took no notice of it until the last round, and then there was um, there was some discu- I had some discussion with a few of the other coaches outside while the games were going on, and. One of the guys present in the conversation was confused about it to the point where he made the suggestion that, actually, if you score two and a half in one of your matches and there is one game left, there could be scenarios where you throw that game in order to improve the score of one of your prospective opponents. Even though you would hurt your own tiebreak score. Yeah, although I'm told now that that is not the way it works, which would have been... Um, you know, such a blunder if if it if a situation like that was created. You know, because it's strange. I think Russia were down on this tiebreak score anyway, but they won three one in the last matchup. Um, that was against Germany, and Armenia won just two and a half, one and a half, but still came out on top. You know, if you have a if you have an absolute trooper on board one. Then you only have to be batting averagely on the on the next three boards to be winning matches. And Aronian's gone through and had, other than the shocking game against Kramnik, you know, and yeah. it's it's really just an off day, he's had an absolute stormer. And when you look at everyone else in the team, I mean, Mofsesian's performed averagely, but then picked up a massive win against Russia, against Grishchuk. Yeah, huge win. Just a big, big win. And then Akopian Sargissian, well, I mean, they've performed so well. They've right. just both been putting in like 70% turnover and it's kept Petrosian out of the team. And yeah, when you've got someone trooping through on board one, it just takes the pressure off the other guys. Maybe maybe they're in a good situation because like you say there, I mean, you know, all eyes are on Russia, all eyes are on Ukraine and they can just go through and, uh, you know, it's not as if they sneaked it either. They were, they were right up there all the way. Yeah, if we look at the starting team rank compared to the final cross tables, uh, the thing that jumps out at you actually is 
the amazing outperformance by Vietnam and Romania, who mm. come in at 27 and 25, respectively, and yet finish 7th and 8th, with the same score as Hungary, the 4th seeds, and the Netherlands, the ninth seeds. It's an awesome performance, isn't it? I mean, again, it's a similar sort of story with um, Le Quang Liam. He's just firing wins. He started with four wins in a row. Um, he took down Mickey Adams in, um, I think it was round eight, or round nine, sorry. When you've got a board one, he's just winning all the time. And if the other guys can, you know, put in, perform to around the rating, which they did, you know. Two of their main players lost rating points in the tournament. And yet, Vietnam still made a great score. I'm just going to have a look at Czech Republic, because David Navarro on board two has just blown the field away. Nine and a half out of 11. He won his last six games in a row. And yet the team finished at 34th, well below their starting line. Yeah, Yeah, they were struggling at the bottom end, actually. I mean, um, Babula and Stolchak have not had their best Olympiads. Um, so, you know, they were struggling down there. I mean, on the flip side, yeah, you can have a massive performer in your team and then you finish somewhere you shouldn't. But yeah, it must be noted that David Navarro's had the... I think he must have had the best rating performance out of anyone in the tournament. I saw him after... I think it was his fifth game. Um, and I saw him walking back from the venue and said, you know, how did it go? He's just like, oh, Drew, I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I'm not really putting in the performance I want for my team. But OK, you know, there's still a few rounds left. He won the next six in a row. <laughs> yeah, it finished with a 28-69 performance rate. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's a good finish, that. Yeah, meanwhile, the biggest uh, underperformers, it looks like, would have to be France, seated number 8th and finishing 23rd. Right, yeah, but France were right up there to start with. I remember chatting with a few of them and it all went wrong. They went down to Croatia in five and then just never really got a grip on things after that. In seven they went down to Israel, but they played a lot of top teams, you know. You know, I saw Ivan Schutt walking back after his game with Vashir Lagrave. That was in nine, that was round nine. And... I'm I'm with a friend of mine, Sal Abigail, and we were walking back to the venue and we we see Ivanchuk walking towards us and Ivanchuk sort of shaking his head, talking to himself, looking at the sky. He always looks like he's got a bit of a problem with, you know, whatever has happened in his chess game. And we're like, Oh god, he must have lost that. Well obviously that's good for the Frenchies. But then we saw Maxim a minute later and Sal have a word with him. Maxim had lost the game. Ivanchuk is so perfectionist that he he played like he played a dubious idea in the game and I think he got away with it. But he's so perfectionist that he's, <laughs> he's walking back to the old cell having having beaten the French number one and just just kicking himself. Can't believe that he's done it. Tell us about the infamous party, Stephen, the Bermuda party, because you know it's a it's a fable now. And, you know I've never been to an Olympiad and there are lots of other people I know who haven't been and and every year. You know, this party gets put on by the uh, the Bermuda team. This mysterious Bermuda party. Yeah, well, I mean, I went to the party, guys, and uh, got to be honest with you, it was uh, it was a good laugh. You know, maybe I'm not the best to report on it because I had had one or two cheeky shandies, cheeky shandies. Yeah, one or two of them, and um, it was a good atmosphere. Everyone having a good time. You see some of the world's best players, most respected names in chess, 
just uh, getting a bit lamey. Who was the worst dancer you saw? Who's the worst dancer? You know, there was this English guy, the captain of the women's <laughs> team, and uh, he's just come into the Bermuda party and been throwing out the ugliest shapes that anyone's ever seen. He probably gets that time. I'm sure you weren't the worst. <laughs> I've been to tournaments, I've seen these things, I can imagine. All right, who was the best dancer? Was somebody there who was absolutely, you know, was Ariane there? She, oh, yeah, she can throw she, a few moves, yeah, yeah. She can throw a few oh, moves. Oh, I will tell you, I will, you've reminded me now, because uh, I did see a bit of Ariane and I saw a bit of Lev at the tournament, and um, on the pre-drinkies of the, of the party, Lev popped up to see the English lot, and so, um, you know, we had the pleasure of uh, spending a bit of time with him, and not only that, we got into a, a nice little press-up competition with a few of the Armenians. No. Big time. Yeah. Press-up, is that like push-ups? Yeah, push-ups, press-up. Did you win? I bet you won. Well, look, I mean, Lev is not only a bit of a mover, but he can also throw out a fair few press-ups. And so really? people weren't counting, but I imagine that he's won this competition. Maybe I came a close second, who knows. Well, now I understand. So that's how it came to be then you challenged him to a wrap-off. You didn't? Yeah. Is that a true story? Yeah, we were... Well, I mean, something else... It was in the pipeline, let's just say, you know... Oh, my we, God. We were thinking That would have been it. amazing. But um, at this party, I, I just said, Lev, Lev, when I'd had a few. This is our talk when I've had a few. Lev, how am I going to get better at chess? And he's, he said, look, you need to be more aggressive, man. You need to listen to some Biggie Smalls. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, our talk started going and we started getting a bit of a chat on. I decided that, you know, because I do know a bit of Biggie Smalls. I do, uh, you know, I'm, I can uh, I can maybe throw a few lines out. It never came to anything in the end. It'll be safe for a rainy day, that. Maybe we'll find a way to, to make it happen sometime. But, you know, for the moment, he can be like, he can be the king of the board and the king of the press-up competition. But maybe you didn't want to put three in a row on me. All right, well, Evan, you're welcome anytime on this show. We can have a wrap-off right here. Oh, my God. I think we should maybe for the classic have try and organise a We've got the Full English Blitz game. Now we can have the Full English Oh, my God. Steve, you ready for that? I really risk embarrassing myself. Let's face it. Don't worry about it, mate. But overall, so it, it sounds like it was a it was a great event. There wasn't loads of controversy. No, for not sure. You know, with this ridiculous zero tolerance rule, the you know there were there were one or two instances which sort of inexplicable. A team turned up in the first round without the player cards, and they weren't allowed in the venue. I mean, it was clear that they had a team, but they get there and. Yeah, it's just a 4-0 whitewash because they weren't sat in the seats because they didn't have a little green thing at the start of the round. You know, things like that. I just wish a bit of common sense could come into it, but, you know, I guess they've got to set some rules somewhere. But there weren't many instances of people getting forfeited at the start of the game. I think the only incident that we heard was that banned journalist from Russia. Yeah, there was a slightly uh, confusing case of uh, Evgeny Surov from ChessNews.ru, which is generally a good site, but obviously had some beef with the uh, outgoing president of the Turkish Federation, Yatsitsi, who we've talked about on the show. Is that it? Yeah, he was banned and uh, accused of not being a journalist, presumably wrote something that uh, that upset Yatsitsi. Of course, uh, that's not a good reason to uh, to ban <laughs> to ban anyone from covering the Olympiad and doing their job. Um, never did get in, although he did turn up at the closing ceremony, I saw. And also, I mean, perhaps equally uh, severe... 
Uh, I should note that the uh, Olympiad published a, a commemorative book, which they were selling uh, in their gift shop, that was called Chess Olympiads and Istanbul. And I saw this, I even considered buying one. But it turns out it was largely plagiarized from the Olympase website, olympase.org, which is a, a long-running project uh, chronicling uh, the history of the Olympiad uh, by a, a, a Polish uh, fellow named uh, Wojciech Bartelski. I want to hear more about that, but basically they uh, lifted a lot of text verbatim from his website and then packaged it without any uh, credits <laughs> and sold it at the Olympia. There you go. Well, to wrap this up, here are some impressions of the Olympiad from the players here at the Grand Prix in London. Shakriyar Mamadyarov. Our team, without Gashimov, is uh, not very strong team. Yeah. Without Gashimov, we are a normal team. And uh, against the Russian team, against uh, China, against Ukraine, uh, when it's just four boards, is all 2,700 is more, and it's not easy to play. And we have it, uh, big problems in last uh, two boards. Our second board is uh, Safarli. We think he will play very well. Very, it's okay for him. It's good because he's, he can play good chess, keep uh, keep black. But he he lost two very important games against Russia and um, Ukraine, and uh, we lost our chance. As a way, before the tournament, we have the uh, number eight in the tournament, and his ten we plays ten is okay for us. Is not bad, normal. It was very good Olympiad for me because I I, I show good uh, result. Uh, I I do plus seven or I think like it, and uh, I show best result in Olympiad, and it's for me very important for my chess for for me, and I got uh, 90 point and uh, I relax and I see my friends everybody, and it was a great tournament. Peter Leko. Well, I mean, in the last round we, we played for the medals against Armenia, but it was kind of uh, unpleasant that we got Armenia. It's uh, yeah, basically the most unpleasant thing. There, it's already kind of a destiny that Armenia wins these Olympiads. And uh, somehow we, we were in the wrong place at the wrong time, somehow. And the reason for getting Armenia was because we won 4-0 the day before against Denmark. Mm. So it was kind of uh, tricky. If we would have just won 3-1, we would play US. Uh, I mean, US is a strong team, but uh, still, it's not like the same destiny like with Armenia winning all the <laughs> Olympians. And uh, also for me personally, I mean, uh, my father-in-law is the captain of the Armenian team, so I'm rooting for them, of course, anyway, and all the team members of, of the Armenian team are good friends of mine, so I'm automatically also rooting for them. So it was like a very unpleasant situation to play against each other, yeah, because one of the teams will be not happy after the, after the match. And uh, finally, okay, Armenia won and won the Olympiad. If we would have won, we would probably not take medals. We would be then fourth, exactly achieving our seat. But, uh, okay, knowing how big uh, happiness it was in Armenia and what a celebration. They, I mean, again, they became national heroes. Okay, they are already national heroes, but it's always nice to, to, to prove it once again. And, uh, and they really deserve to, to win the Olympiad. For our part, I think it was not even the last round. We missed already before. 
I mean, uh, the game that I really regret was against Kramnik because uh, it was which round? Fifth round. I think we played against Russia. So far, we have won all our matches. I got uh, got a very nice advantage. I somehow played uh, Vladimir, but then I had a lot of uh, very good options. Somehow, I blundered the only only trick that was in the position, and I had to settle for a draw. If I would have uh, put him under more pressure, then I mean we would have never lost that match. And then the whole morale of our team. Uh, by getting a point against Russia, it gives a lot of energy also for the for the forthcomings. And then Almashi lost, and finally we lost uh, two and a half, one and a half. And then later we had this logical match against uh, Philippines, because it was when I made a draw with So, uh, which was a very sharp uh, martial battle ending in uh, perpetual check. Then it looked like we are winning three and a half half. I never seen something like this. Okay, uh, finally Balog did not win his better position, but uh, Almashi won. We are leading the match, 2-1, and there is only one more game uh, playing, Tor against Berkesh, and uh, Berkesh is completely winning. I mean, we already won, the, basically we have the match guaranteed. Berkesh played a fantastic game right from the beginning with Black. Uh, how he managed to outplay uh, Tore move per move, fantastically, strategically brilliant, and then uh, find a beautiful combination to finish the, the, the game off, and it was a losing combination. And, uh, and suddenly, instead of winning the match, we tied the match. It was like a complete shock, because that was the uh, next point, that we lost uh, after the Russian match because we won some games. We beat Poland with 3-1, so we were kind of again morally back. And then this setback, very, very pity. And then the next day we lost to, to Germany, where I lost uh, against Neidich a, a tough game. Where finally I blundered in the time trouble and then uh, basically we had to win all our matches again to, to get back there, that in the last round we can still fight for something, which we did. But then uh, we didn't manage the last round. Yeah. So after all, there were ups and downs, but definitely we cannot be satisfied with, uh, with the ninth place. But, uh, okay, the tournament is just very, very tough for everybody. So if you lose last round, then you are still in the top 10. It shows that you didn't do so bad before, yeah? Kind of. Yeah. Alexander Grishuk. I mean, I'm still quite disappointed by uh, the Olympiads because... Finally, we played uh, really, really good. I mean, in some Olympics we played quite bad. Okay, from I don't know, from from just bad to very bad, and to more or less okay at the previous Olympics in Hanty. But here we just really played well. The whole team and. And me especially, I think, was very disappointed. But I mean, even after we lost to USA, I still was quite sure that if we win uh, the last two matches, that we will become champions. But uh, unfortunately, we were very unlucky. Congratulations to Armenia, but in ra round nine, they were completely lost against Germany. As a match, just uh, I mean, it was like less than one percent chance for them to win this match, and they won. And then they won the whole thing. And even in the last round, I mean, Bosnia and Herzegovina beat Bangladesh. And this affected the tie breaks? Yeah, of course. I mean, I don't care Bosnia, Herzegovina, Bangladesh by itself, you know. Just to clarify for the listeners. Yeah, 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 because they they beat Bangladesh for zero, so it was very important that they score some points. Also, our Argentina lost to their Holland. 
Okay, so I can keep complaining, but I think it's enough. <laughs> I remember in uh, in Dresden there was this concern that, that there was very bad team chemistry. Is that something that has been repaired uh, now you have new coaching and a slightly different mixture of players? No, but first of all in Dresden it was also completely fine in the team. It's just some people, I don't know, they have to find uh, some explanation. Uh -huh. So it's I more mean, of an exaggerated... Excuse. It's like 99% exaggeration. Uh -huh. so, okay. Okay, here it was just uh, excellent uh, atmosphere in, in the team, completely awesome. And uh, yes, that's, that's why maybe I was so disappointed that uh, finally we played really well. Mm -hmm. Because, okay, when you play bad and lose, it's okay. But uh, if you play really well and lose, it feels like, you know, banging the wall with your head. <laughs> I mean, you don't see what, else, what you cannot do much more, you know. Thanks a lot. We haven't talked about the women's yet, guys. We've got to talk about it. Well, I mean, actually, it sort of at the, at the top end was going to the farm teams and the big teams in it. I mean, Russia and China were consistently up there. I think they, uh, they won eight of the games and went 2-2 two, two in three of them. But yeah, Russia won it on tiebreak and it was a pretty deserved victory. All the players in that team performed pretty well, it looks like. Yeah, Russia and China, both with eight match wins and three draws undefeated, yeah. just ahead of Ukraine at number three and India at number four. So the women's Olympiad is in a way a little bit more uh, predictable because you pretty much only have those four teams that are routinely uh, in the running with the, the strongest players. I mean, particularly Russia and China, of course, mm. but Ukraine also uh, is quite strong now with the Muzichuk sisters getting as good as they are. Yeah, yeah. There's some really strong teams getting put together now. I mean, I mean, normally you see sort of a, a GM and then an IM and maybe two women GMs on the strong teams. But now you're looking at Russia. They've got, I think they had four GMs in the team. China's getting there. Ukraine are close. So are Georgia. I mean, they're, they're really putting out some strong teams with depth. And uh, the women's, it was quite tight. It was it was really interesting to watch, actually, what was going on on the, on the top boards. Humpy uh, was not playing for India this year. No. And yet they still finished for it. Yeah, I don't know why that was. Um, but, yeah, they're still, still very strong throughout. Your team, England, I'm looking for it. I'm looking, I'm scrolling, I'm looking, where are they? 46. Yeah, what do you think, guys? 46. We were 44 seeds. You could look at it one way. You could look at it, we came two below where we were supposed to. Or you could look at it as we came equal 40. Not only that, you, you beat Belgium. Yeah. So uh, that's something. Yeah. You know, one or two missed opportunities in there. I haven't done too badly. And actually, it's, um, it's a lot of experience gained for, for all of them because England aren't putting out their strongest team um, by away this this time round and so you know a lot of pressure is being put on those in on in the middle order to to perform against the big teams i mean if we were putting out harriet hunt and Ivanka Huska, you know we'd be we'd be up there with the the likes of the big teams battling it out but so you know it's some experience gained and hopefully they've all enjoyed the experience and the captain hasn't made it too unpleasant for him. I mean, that's all That's all I can hope for, yeah? All right, well, next time on The Full English Breakfast, we'll be talking about 
the Grand Slam final in Sao Paulo and Bilbao, and the Grand Prix here in London. It's going on across the street at Simpsons in the Strand. We'll have uh, clips from some of the players and lots more to talk about. Okay, guys. I love it. I love it. This is Alexander Grishuk, and you're listening to the Full English Breakfast with Lawrence Trent and Stephen Gordon. Wow, that was like with your American accent or something. Is that from your TV uh, show? uh, No, I mean, okay, I listen so much uh, American and uh, (laughs) stuff.